Well, the Super Bowl is set, and I got to cover a conference championship game. Neither of them, though, will involve the burgundy and gold, sadly. But that doesn't mean someday we can all dream. Maybe they get this thing back on course. To do so, they need a new head coach. Where's that at? Let's have a podcast. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. What up, everybody? It is Beltway Football, brought to you by Orsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. You should do the same thing. I went out to dinner with all those boys the other night and had fun. Um, we went to the auto show. Um, the auto show was dope. I, I, I'm zeroing in on a new car, Mitch, because my I finally found out when my lease actually expires, which is in it's basically the 4th of July. So I got a little bit of time left, but we're, we're zeroing in. What, zeroing are we zeroing in. in? what are we zeroing in on? Um, the Ford Bronco is dope, but it's kind of elevated. And I think the kids would have trouble getting in and out, but I really, really like it. Um, I might just go back to the forerunner and the land cruiser is also super fresh. Um, so that's kind of the zeroed in department. Um, new Sequoia is dope. The Tahoe is awesome. It's just so big. I don't know. That's where I'm at. All right. We're going to pick up truck. I, I like it. No, I think we're getting away from the truck. It just, I mean, there's people who want to hear about Ben Johnson and we're just talking about trucks, but with little <laughs> kids, there's just not a lot of space for all their stuff unless I put it in the back of the truck, which like if it's raining or something is problematic, possibly because the the cover got ripped off during my ownership. I, possibly. Possibly. Not, no one can say when it happened. Nobody, nobody can say for sure. Sources have indicated, but I can't report that definitively. Um, uh, we're going to need an update uh, or a recap of um, Paw Patrol, but we can do that at the end of the uh, pod. It's next weekend, dude. Next oh, Saturday. it's still coming. Yeah. All right. Still coming. Can't wait. Um, I did take the girls. We had a big field trip this past weekend. There's a new giant by my house, and I hyped that up like it was a big deal. And shout out to Giant. No free plugs, but here is one. The lady saw me come in with my daughters, and they were doing giveaways, and she just handed me a fifteen dollars gift card. Hey, that's right. You, when, when you take the girls to, uh, when you have to take them grocery shopping, do you buy them like a cookie or like something? Oh, yeah. Hey, fifteen bucks probably covered half the cookies. They got. I mean, we really should do this stuff at the end of the pod. Yeah, they got these like four foot tall roses that were three dollars each. Um, and Lauren was with us, so like she's not as into just buy them giant bags of candy or chips. But I did get them donuts. So yeah, fifteen bucks covered that. Listen, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of a child. When I go grocery shopping, I get myself a gingerbread gingerbread man because my, my reward for for shopping at a grocery store. Um, I think we got to do the coaching stuff first, and then we can get to games from the weekend. Um, yeah. I don't know, right? Because it's a commander's yes, fight. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so for a while, we've all assumed. Ben Johnson, Lions offense coordinator, is the favorite for this job. I I checked in with some people. I still think that's the case for sure. Uh, but these interview process is going to be rigorous. They're interviewing the both guys in Baltimore, Weaver and McDonald. Um, they're still going to interview Dan Quinn, and then they're going to interview Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson. So Peter King this morning, uh, timestamp guy, it is 5.22 p.m. on Monday. Peter King this morning in his football morning in America wrote, of the commanders, the coaching coaching agent industry is sold that Detroit offensive coordinator Ben Johnson will get the commander's job, along with drafting a quarterback at number two overall or somewhere. If new GM Adam Peters trades out of two, Washington owner Josh Harris seems likely to bury the Dan Snyder era once and for all. Um, that's Amen. kind of been the- <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, let's let's take a second and, and enjoy that phrase. Uh, fair, true. Um, so the prevailing wisdom, the betting markets, everybody suggests that the odds are pretty much that this job is going to be Ben Johnson's. Um, Schefter, though, 
And Adam Schefter is as powerful of a reporter the NFL has. Um, and almost always right. Very rarely is Schefter wrong. Um, I don't know. I can't really. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it exists, and I don't feel like getting reply guide. Um, <laughs> but I like that verb. I think this is Schefter on McAfee earlier Monday. Well, well, first and foremost, I, I'm not convinced yet that Ben Johnson's getting the commander's job. I know oh. people have said that he's the presumptive favorite, and he may get the job. Like, he he very well may. He's in contention. But that is not a slam dunk at all right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they are definitely looking at other people as well. And again, they may come back to Ben Johnson. But I think that they're pretty impressed with Mike McDonald and Aaron Glenn and Anthony Weaver as well. And I think those guys are going to have a legitimate chance to get that job. Um, and then Ben Johnson's also in play in Seattle. So you have to see, okay, well, if he doesn't get Washington, is he then in Seattle? Or does Seattle pull an upset? Again, people have people have said here that they think Ben Johnson is going to Washington and Dan Quinn is going to Seattle. Yes. And I will bet you, I will bet you that at a minimum, one of those is not right. Hmm. At a minimum. Okay. Maybe, maybe both. All right, so a lot to unpack there. And I, I think a few things. I think... Um, you know, Adam, not Adam Peters, the Adam Peters thing happened fast. They went and got their guy. They got their guy. Right. But they did interview Peters towards the end of their set of interviews. And I think it, it it's telling that Johnson is getting interviewed towards the end of this set of interviews. Um, one, there are like perfunctory measures the NFL requires. Some of that's really rule. Some of it's other stuff, but like, but you know, Today, I know that Monday they're interviewing the Baltimore guys, McDonald and Weaver. Then you get Quinn, Glenn, Johnson. I think it's entirely possible that Johnson is last, perhaps for a reason, um, so that you can really push just to get that done. Um, and I think I think a lot of this – Mitch, I'm going to guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my left hand up and guess something. That Josh Harris and Adam Schefter – have probably built a relationship if they didn't have one already, right? Or and Adam Peters and Schefter, too. Sure. But so, certain, front certain office right. folks and Schefter, yes. The whole damn league and Schefter. I think if you look at how this organization has operated in the post-DS era, they want to do everything above board and super professional. And if if somebody was to check in with them, I think they want to be very clear this is a real process. We're not interviewing anybody just for the heck of it and everything matters. And and I got, I checked in with somebody and they said, extremely in-depth and intense interviews. Like if you're asking somebody to undergo this exercise, they've got to understand that they are a real candidate. So I hear what Schefter's saying there. I think Ben Johnson certainly remains the favorite, but like, if the interviews go terribly or terrifically one way or the other, that could change things. Yeah. I also think Johnson has an agent whose job is to get the most money possible. And I think that could be involved here too. So I'm not closing the door on something unexpected happening. It's the NFL. The unexpected happens, but I don't think honestly, for me, the way this sounded with Schefter is I kind of don't think he thinks Dan Quinn's getting the Seattle job. That's true. That's what I was going to say. People have assumed that. It's almost awkward. I, I mean, I don't know if it's awkward, but it's a, maybe a little bit awkward if Dan Quinn does get the Seattle job at this point because he's done his two interviews with them. And that, and it's like, hey, Dan, we love you, bud. But there was no wait. reason to wait. Right. We want to talk to McDonald. We want to talk to Weaver. We want to talk to Ben Johnson. And then, you know, maybe after all that, they're like, ah, you know what, Quinn, you're right. You are the right pick. Um, now the, the only caveat there is we don't know, or I don't know anyway, maybe you do, Seattle's Rooney Rule requirement fulfillment. I, so maybe they hadn't got that done. But, like, if you wanted Dan Quinn and he's been available for two weeks, I think you would have hired Dan Quinn. Right. That's that's kind of where I was at with it. And, honestly, all along the commander's front office group, we'll call it uh, Peters and, and uh, Harris, have been – pretty quiet about everything that's happening. You know, under the previous regime, 
there were leaks left and right all the time. And we haven't really, I mean, obviously it's only been a short period of time. We haven't seen a whole lot of that. And so, you know, when it comes to, I don't know that they're reaching out to Schefter and being like, hey, this isn't a done deal yet. Or honestly, even necessarily answering that question. And the other half of it that maybe it's a little bit, uh, you know, tin, tin foil hat thing is them being concerned about there being, you know, the being that it looks like there were improper communications with Ben Johnson before the playoffs. And, you know, they don't want a Jonathan Gannon situation where there's yeah. you know, fines or whatever. But honestly, they should be having real interviews with all four of these guys because they bring different things to the table and it gives it'll give, you know, Adam Peters and Josh Harrison company a, a group, uh, you know, and uh, like, you know, a, a wide variety of, uh, of of ideas of, you know, how to run the team. Do you make anything of Bob Myers being at the 49ers game uh, on yesterday, Sunday afternoon? I mean, obviously Bob Myers is from the area and, you know, was with the, uh, was with the Warriors. And so, you know, he probably knows all the 49ers folks and whatnot, but got a chance to get a firsthand view of, uh, of Ben Johnson and, uh, and Aaron Glenn out there. Yeah. I don't think this crew, I don't think there's accidents. Um, there hasn't appeared to be accidents anyway yet. And maybe he's just a big Niners fan, but like he's down on the field. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I, I don't think if he was there, he wasn't not paying attention to those two. Right? Like, like he's there. horse blinders running around. Right now, that doesn't mean that he's only there for that reason. But you know, if 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 you and I go to a bar and we really want chicken wings, we're probably gonna try a beer too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. He's at he's at the game. He's not only there to scout how the Niners run their concession stands or whatever. So um, the commander, I mean, FedEx field might, might be able to use that though. But you really don't want to read too much into some of the circumstantial stuff like that, because folks were wondering why Harbaugh was in town in DC. You know what I mean? And like, dude, I actually saw Harbaugh at the Ravens game. His glasses are legitimately thick. Like I, I had seen it on TV and kind of thought it was a TV thing. And then I saw him in the tunnel waiting for John, and I was like, damn, dog. How many uh, C's? What's that? How many C's thick? <laughs> like like Tressway and game pants. Ooh, that's thick. <laughs> so what do you make oh. of what do you make of obviously the Lions and Ravens? Like both Mitch and his sexy jeans. You better believe it. I look good in those. Um, what do you make of both obviously Ravens and, and Lions lost anything from these those two games that take away or add to or change your opinion of any of the four coaches that are being interviewed out of that game? Um, it's a great question, right? And maybe we get this could kind of just train. I still think it's going to be Johnson. Do you still think it's going to be Johnson? Let's do 100 chips real quick. Uh, 80. I yeah. and maybe we're just getting a little squeamish because it's the finish line and there's going to be some. When Schefter says stuff like that, it sounds interesting, but I, I think there's a a really important message that we're taking this very seriously and nothing's a done deal yet. So yeah. maybe I'll where have I been? 90? I think I think you've been at 80. I think I was maybe 85 or something last time. Okay. We did Where, wherever I've been, and forgive me, timestamp guy and others, I don't remember the exact number I've been, but I'm not backing off it. Yeah. So whatever that number was. That's what I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I haven't backed off. I still think it's going to be Ben Johnson. The one of the caveats always going to be, you know, early on in this process, folks were concerned that the Panthers were going to overpay. We're going to go and offer Ben Johnson a ridiculous amount of money to go coach there. There's a lot of money in the Pacific Northwest and that Microsoft stock ain't going down anytime soon. Um, you know, the Seahawks might be the team that go out there and, you know, throw a really big number of Ben Johnson that he can't say no to. So, I mean, you know, that, that's always a caveat that's going to be out there, but man, that first half of the, of the lions game, watching the, the offense operate as smoothly and efficiently as it did was so damn impressive. And what I, maybe my favorite play of the entire game was that third point, the Jamison Williams touchdown on the yeah. reverse 
Not because, I mean, it turned into a big play and it was a touchdown, obviously, but more so he made a concerted effort to get the ball into his playmaker's hands and in a position where they could go do something with it. And Jameson Williams might not be able to catch a football in the air, but he's fast as hell and was able to, was able to run by everybody. And I just, I, I, I watched, I was watching that game with an, with, you know, half my brain, you know, thinking about, man, how good would Jahan Dotson look doing that? What would, you know, Brian Robinson look running some of those, you know, some of those, uh, some of those misdirection runs and whatnot. It's, it's exciting to think about what some of these commanders skill position players might be able to do in a Ben Johnson offense. Baldinger had a really cool breakdown of that play. I retweeted. I don't know if you saw it, but like yeah. the tight end motion that he then reverses back and becomes the lead blocker. I just thought it was so fascinating. And then just think now their O-line is loaded, but like how often do you see, I mean, you see it with Trent, but it's more on screens and stuff. Like how often do you see, and Sewell deserves a ton of the credit, but like a pulling tackle going the opposite way and stuff like it's, it legitimately is creative. And um, as far as the performances yesterday, I said this about Dan Quinn after the Cowboys got their ass kicked that like the, the book, the, the body of work is so significant that if you zero in on one game, you're kind of an idiot. Um, and that was to perhaps say that, you know, you shouldn't, not Quinn because they gave up 50 at home, even though two of them were pick sixes, whatever, in a playoff loss. Um, I don't think – I think with McDonald, I mean, they held the Chiefs to 17 points. Now, this version of the Chiefs is kind of different. They're not exactly as high-flying as they've been. But, you know, defensively, the Ravens got pushed around on the first two drives, period. I mean, Kansas City scored on their first two drives on on – Drives of like 10 and 15 plays. So after that, they basically shut him down and the Ravens offensively just couldn't do anything. So whatever you thought of McDonald before the game, I think you'd be crazy to not think the same after. Um, well, same with after. Weaver because the defensive line did a pretty pretty good job of hemming in. Yeah, but I think Weaver, to me, it's like when you're talking Weaver or even Aaron Glenn, those dudes – have fewer questions about the week to week game to game performance. Cause they strike me more as the leader of men CEO type. Whereas Johnson and McDonald are these young guys with now understanding Glenn and Weaver have never coached before, but they seem like less to prove in the. In the yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and like, I think both those guys would hire an OC and a DC, you know what I mean? Maybe Glenn would call the plays, but like, I think it, the the actual week to week performances matter more for McDonald and Johnson. And I think whatever your opinion was of those guys before the game, it should be the same after, even though they both lost. I think the biggest thing you can say with Ben Johnson, um, you know, they were up three scores at halftime, and they were not able to stay on the field, and. I really don't put much of the blame on him. I think um, if you look at, they had some key drops. Jameer Gibbs had a bad fumble. And I wonder what happens if they kick. I think in the fourth quarter when they went for it, it would have been a 47-yarder. I understand that. But, like, you were down three at that moment. You were down. You had already coughed it up. I think you got a kick there. I put that on Campbell. The only real, real question quick, with, the, ball, with the kicking, did – did you see the the like we know Michael Badgley was is their kicker and I think I, I think it's going to be an unpopular opinion but I think they were forced into almost going for it because they made the personnel decision to have Badgley as the kicker. He has the lowest uh the lowest field goal percent make percentage of field goals over 45 yards in NFL history with at least 20 with at least 20 attempts. Then I also I'm aware of that. <laughs> If you get to the NFC title game and you don't have a kicker, you think can make a 47 yarder. Right. Oh, it's a problem. That's a big problem too. So I don't, yeah. some of that I don't put on Johnson. I think the only real question for Johnson and frankly, I, I assume this was his call because he's the play caller. And I doubt Campbell came through the headset and was like, yo, you've got to run it here. The run on third down. Running on third down and goal cost them a timeout. And that timeout probably cost them a chance to get the ball back. Um, 
that was a, a major, major problem. But like much of the second half, if they executed like they had in the first half, hard to think it wouldn't have worked. So um, in short, no, my opinion on either guy hasn't changed. Um, I, I think you're, you're way too reactionary for a head coaching hire that you hope is around a decade if one game swings anything. Yeah, and that's that. I mean, that's obviously. I think anyone who has a kind of reasonable outlook at the NFL has to recognize that one game doesn't make or break any player and or coach. And but there's so much reactionary stuff after these kind of things happen. And you know, there was a fair amount of my timeline of folks who were who were disappointed that with Ben Johnson kind of in his lack of you know. Uh, of changes and and getting the ball moving in the second half. But I think more so, I think you saw a lot this weekend, you know, the importance of having a quarterback that has some mobility to him and is able to to get out because when they started heating up Jared Goff, he just, he couldn't make any kind of throws on the run. But if Josh Reynolds makes a couple of those catches, I think it's a different view of Ben Johnson. I think the lions win. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Josh Reynolds or Scotty Reynolds, or do they have, do they have a pair of Reynolds on there? Josh Reynolds is definitely the wide receiver. Wasn't Scotty Reynolds a NBA player back in the day? It may have but, been. Uh, I think Scotty Reynolds went to UVA and was like uh, played in the NBA for a while. I thought they were. Maybe, no, he went to Villanova. Yeah, Scotty Reynolds that went to Villanova. That that is correct. But I who scored the touchdown against the Bucks on fourth down? The running back. Oh, they have a running back, Reynolds? Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds is the running back. Josh Reynolds is the receiver. And Scotty Reynolds is the dude that went to Villanova. The basketball player. I think he won a national championship there. I think he did too, but I think he's from the DMV. Yeah, that's that's why. All right, let's see. Now I'm Googling Scotty Reynolds. We're going to do a deep dive on Scotty Reynolds here. I like it. He went to Herndon. He went to Herndon High? The Herndon Hornets. Good. I believe, I could be wrong on this, I believe that's the same high school of PFT commenter and Grant Hill. What no. years was, when was Scotty Reynolds there? Was that Grant like, Hill went to like South Lake. Lake. Scotty Reynolds was a four, I'm reading from Wikipedia, so I hope it's correct. Oh, he's, old, he, I mean, he's probably closer to your age, man. Oh, yeah, see, 1987. Yeah, four-year starter for Herndon High School in Herndon, Virginia. The best player in the competitive northern region since Grant Hill. I don't know who they're attributing that information to, Wikipedia, but that's what they've determined. Um, He was a McDonald's All-American. He signed a letter of intent to play for Oklahoma, but was released after Kelvin Sampson left, went to Villanova. Um, Yeah, dude. He was a... uh, for the record, this is how I fell in love with the Millerby Tidings Bridge. Was long Scott drive related? No, long drive, and we were driving over it, and I was like, "Who the hell is Tidings? Who the hell is Millerby Tidings?" And went on a Google search and started reading all about him. So probably should have wait. You you meant once you got home, you Googled him. Certainly not while you were driving. No, I wasn't driving. I was a passenger in the car. Of course, of course. Um, if it ends up not. You wanted Raheem. Raheem's out. Yeah. Raheem got the job. You know, that's why I, I'm curious in the TV show why I said we got to point out that we're taping this now and these jobs aren't filled because that Raheem job got filled that night, I think. Like an hour after we finished taping. <laughs> <laughs> that was, Hopefully they left that in because I, I think it provided some level of explanation. Um, Raheem's got a job and I'm happy for him. Um of the five people they're interviewing over the next, over the previous tw- probably 12 hours and the next 36 or 24 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you've got McDonald, Weaver, Glenn, Johnson, Quinn. Give me your Fab Five power rankings. Yeah. I mean, there's a pretty big, there's Ben Johnson, Gap, Mike McDonald. And then a pretty big gap after that going down, I, I would say probably Weaver, probably, and then Quinn um, as a list. Yeah, last? 
I have Quinn last. Okay. Not, yeah, I'm not I, in terms of my who did you say? Mine would be Johnson then McDonald without the big gap you have. I, I it's not a big gap, it's a little gap. Okay. It's not Michael Strahan. It's like nobody's nobody's judging you on your gap, man. Um hey, I'm a gap, gap man. Integrity. Gap integrity is key. Oh I would after you finish this, they reminded me of the point I wanted to bring up. Go ahead. I would just say Johnson, McDonald, Weaver, Glenn, Quinn. My rankings. Oh, I miss Glenn. Yeah, so I'm probably the same. I'm, I'm the same. Glenn is above Quinn. Quinn's last for me is what it comes down to. Um, gap integrity. The, the one point I wanted to bring up from the games on Sunday that I think folks, folks heard us talk all – football season this year and last year about rush integrity and lane integrity for the defensive line in terms of, you know, not letting quarterbacks, you know, escape to the outside. Not that folks that are listening to this pod are going to go back and rewatch the Ravens chiefs game, but what the chiefs defensive line did to uh, Lamar Jackson was so damn impressive because they just set an edge with their, with their edge rushers. And if they wanted, if they were trying to get pressure, they would either bring a blitz or, or bring an extra body on the inside. But they essentially said, Lamar, if you're going to drop back and pass, we're not going to let you get outside the pocket and we're not going to let you run around. And there were times you saw Lamar sit back there in the middle of the pocket for five, six, seven, eight seconds. And it looked like he had all the time in the world to pat the ball, but he wasn't able to get the ball downfield because their secondary was, was good enough. And they said, we're not going to let you beat, beat, beat us with the legs. And that's just, it's, it's a perfect example of what we've been talking about with the Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Commander's defensive line issues all year. And I personally really enjoyed watching it because it was uh, they executed a game plan to a T. What's funny, dude, I, I agree with you, is all these assistant coaches getting interviews now and the coordinator that had the best weekend was Steve Spagnolo. And I, the best I can tell, nobody's interviewing him. Nope. But he's just going to go out there and maybe a, Super Bowl. Is that debatable? Because, I mean, whoever you want to call the OC in San Fran, like it's Kyle, they, they were bad early. And then Johnson, they didn't move the ball much in the second half. Um, you know, I think McDonald was fine. They only gave up 17 points to the damn Chiefs. But I think Spagnolo by far had the best weekend. Spagnolo and uh, and uh, uh, the Chiefs GM Brett Veach. What the what they the Chiefs that Tyreek Hill trade into a ball club. What the Chiefs did as a whole, when you look at like their team holistically, is they essentially said we have Pat Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's going to be able to go out there and win football games when he needs to. We're going to invest in the defense. We're going to bring in uh, we're going to bring in a bunch of guys this offseason um to help out on the defense and it's paid off in spades because they haven't necessarily looked like the best team in the nfl all season but the defense is damn good and when you get pat mahomes into the playoffs who knows who knows how well it's going to work but um the the drew tranquil signing in the uh there was was one of the best signings of the year because he's turned into one of the best linebackers in football and is running that defense incredibly yeah, um, some impressive stuff going on out there. Um, you guys had Andy Reid on the uh, on the radio today. How cool is that? Why Why didn't you press him harder on trading Mahomes to DC? Uh, yeah, I still <laughs> won't do it. And dude, I hope people that because I got a bunch of tweets about like yo asking about EB not working in Washington. Like Andy Reid's doing us a favor to come on the radio. Not it has nothing to do with my big ears. It's because he knows. Brian played his heart and guts out for him. And those two have a real relationship. And the absolute last thing my role is in that moment is to ask him like a tough question about his former OC. So I hope you can understand that. The other thing about that in and of itself is like, that's not you. I hope people can understand that. Like commanders, Redskins, football team fans, commanders fans are so used to, you know, mucking it up and being involved in, you know, off-field drama and stuff like that. And that's why this whole Jay Gruden RG3 thing was was entertaining, sure. 
but annoying as hell because it just I think brought out the worst in Commander's totally. face who wanted totally. to you know get in the mud and like EB didn't work out like it's unfortunate you know I think we can all agree that it didn't work out and it's unfortunate but like you don't have to you don't have to to, to mess around in the muck with it like he didn't work out he's going to be moving on from here you know you can like him or hate him but wish him well on the way out and just be done with it. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to get involved in the, in the, in the, you know, this, this, you know, the, the dirty stuff that we've dealt with under previous regimes. Yo, here, here, I am, I'm sitting in a glass booth at NBC4 <laughs> and Chris Kerwin doesn't even hear me. This, this must be soundproof. Kerwin, this might be soundproof, dude. I, I yelled pretty loud there. I, I'm going to get, oh, he's kind of looking, oh, hang on. Now he's looking around. I'm gonna give it one more. You're also kind of looking at him like you want him to come in there, but he's like he's locked into his computer screen. All right, I'm gonna try one more. Ready, Carwin? Oh, he heard that. I think. <laughs> so, come here real quick. This is a um, pro Chris Kerwin podcast, by the way. NBC no, Four photographer, producer extraordinaire. I'm, I'm putting the camera on him, even though we don't post this. Right. Could you What's hear up, me? Yelling at you? Oh, I hear it. No. So this is kind of soundproof. Yeah. So you haven't been hearing me otherwise? No. All right, that's that's good intel, Mitch. That's a, that's impressive you know, because uh, they're usually pretty loud. What do you make of the Schefter report on Ben Johnson? You still pretty confident? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, are you not, not confident anymore, Mitch? No, we are oh. exactly where we were before. Right. So wherever you were is where we are. This is like a draft. Yeah, exactly. Where you were after football. Right. Yeah. All right. 100. Goodbye, everyone. That is good to know that this is kind of soundproof. Um. So, but to your earlier point, the the uh, the RG three J and then J and B, nobody wins a race to the bottom. Period. Like that didn't look good for anyone. Um, and then with EB, you you bring up such a good point because there appear to be like two camps: the people that are like, "Oh, this guy stinks, get him out of here on the next train," and odds are he doesn't stink. Like he was a part of one of the great dynasties and, and a big part and people there swear by him um he'll have some detractors but everybody does and then there's the group that's like um he didn't get a fair shot if he didn't have ron if he didn't have sam howell right ron undercut him yo and, and maybe some of that's true right but the performance was so bad and the the lack of balance like he also i'm a numbers guy when it comes to performances this is a performance-based sport it's about wins and losses, and we know what it takes to get the wins necessary to mandate becoming head coach or something, and, and the numbers weren't there. So I, I think you're right. I think we wish EB well. It was He was entertaining getting to know a little bit, um, seemed like a really nice person, maybe not during practices, but like seemed like a good guy. Um, and, and you're right, dude. Like may, Maybe all fan bases are like this. I kind of think – the real problem is specific to Twitter X social media where you see this kind of infighting. Um, and, you know, let's just hope what I hope, and this probably won't happen, but there seems to be some level of solidarity around Adam Peters. I'd say a lot. And then whoever gets the coaching job, you hope that level of solidarity continues. And then the draft, the number two pick, whoever that quarterback is, you hope that continues. And then at least for a season. Right. Onward and at least for a season, we can sit here and talk football and not talk off field, off field stuff. But, you know, I, I, like. It just, it, yeah, it really like that, the, the Jay Gruden thing. And, you know, you were around the team for that. And I was around the team for that. Like, you know, we, we know some stuff that, that happened or whatever. It's just so old and so, so so it has nothing to do with anything that's happening, you know, moving forward. It's it's best to just leave it where it was. Yeah. Um I uh all right, so the games this past weekend, I was really surprised by the Ravens. I I thought Lamar played bad. I thought the play selection was bad. I think every Washington fan that was not a EB stand made the joke, man, it seems like EB's calling their plays because they just completely abandoned the run. Um, the, I thought they were kind of, I felt like they were pressing from the beginning. Um, and then once they got down 10, it seemed like they were trying to score 10 points on, on every single play. Um, uh, I, I was just surprised how 
how they lost their composure. And I don't think maybe Kyle Hamilton, maybe Roquan Smith. I don't think you can really point to anybody that had a really good game, maybe flowers, but he had that penalty in the fumble. So that kind of negates it. Um, I was impressed by the chiefs. Um, Chris Jones, such a monster. So um, good. Um, they move him around so much. Mahomes is so good. At, he said this in the post game. He's like, man, you know, in a game like this, when I can see that my defense has this under control, I just know I got to protect the football. And so for Mahomes, that means he's not going to try any of the crazy stuff. He's like, they're proving they can win a lot of ways, Kansas City, and they're proving now they can go on the – I mean, Baltimore and Buffalo, outside of Arrowhead and maybe Lambeau, I, I mean, out, like it, there's not that many more imposing places in January to go pick up wins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way that Baltimore fell apart, just not even the play calling, which is in and of itself its own thing, but the lack of discipline that they showed was just so surprising because – Harbaugh teams have never have never really shown that, and all season long, you know, you have a defense with not a lot of huge names on it, but have just been so disciplined and played so well to to have, you know, Andy Reid's known. I forget what the record was, but Andy Reid coming off a bye um, has has an insane you know win loss record, and just the way the the first fifteen were scripted. Nobody had a bye though. I know, I'm, but I'm saying I'm getting the first fifteen scripted. The way that he was able to put that. Game yeah. plan together to to slice and dice that that Ravens defense was just, I mean, other like otherworldly in terms of you know head coaching jobs. The Ravens gate the Ravens had the sixth lowest uh, run rate of in any game any NFL game this season uh, on Sunday, which is crazy for a team that runs it as much as they do. But I saw that stat and I, I didn't get a chance to look at the the list, but I got to imagine the Commanders have a couple of those spots below them. Uh, probably that Bears game might be the, the number one lowest uh, uh, run rate in a, in a game. But, man, the Chiefs are just great if it's like percentage of plays that are runs when you have so many plays like that. But, yeah, I dude, to your point about, I mean, the first two drives for the Chiefs, 26 20. plays, 156 yards, you know, they probably consumed – damn near a full quarter of, of, of football. Really impressive. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, we'll get to it on, on Thursday when we do the show, but I I understand why the 49ers are favorites, but I have such a hard time wrapping my head around Pat Mahomes having to catch points in a, on a, on a neutral field, you know, in, in the Super Bowl. So we'll get there, but that's, uh, that was interesting. We don't make that break though till next next week oh right? that's right we have two weeks yeah oh. um we'll have to make pro bowl picks this week awesome afc nfc let's go or is it even afc nfc i don't even know what it is anymore i think peyton and eli like pick i think they're like captains i don't know so we're gonna blind pick team peyton versus team eli good i legitimately don't know i do know this hold on let me shout this dude out um well you're looking it up but i already but i already uh my 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 Good friends have already gotten uh, a text about uh, about the taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Opened up at two and a half, bought a half point. So I'm sitting here with the Chiefs plus three already. Oh wow! There you go. Um, got this text from Joe Kavak Kav K E F A U V E R Kavalfer. Kavalfer, definitely Joe Kavalfer. He's buddies of he's buddies with the dude Ted Ledger, who I'm friends with. He says he's a longtime pod and have been in Orlando. He's a longtime pod fan, but he lives in Orlando for the past 30 years. And he wanted to know if you and I were going down to the Pro Bowl and he would set up some very good golf. I, I can read the names, but a lot of these names are private, so I won't read them, but some very good golf. And uh don't go to the Pro Bowl, brother. Listen, <laughs> I gotta be golf. honest. If you didn't have Paw Patrol this weekend, there's a chance we'd be talking about booking flights to Orlando. Now, I will be in Orlando, Joe Kavalfer, so don't worry. We'll talk. Um, hey, we'll be in Tampa next year. We can always uh, can always, always uh, squeeze in around, maybe. 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 Um, Niners-Lions, I think, I think Campbell should have 
kicked at least one of the two in the second half that he didn't, um, particularly when they were down and, and they just completely lost all momentum in that game. For the, <laughs> They were up 17 and then it got to 27-24. Like you're trailing in the second half of this game. Kick and tie it up. Yeah. Um, I also think if you're – people want to say this is analytics-based or numbers-based, and, and our, our friend Danny Frank – texted me this last night. Like, if you're really focused on that, then you should have kicked probably on the drive, on the early drive because you needed 10. And then you have all your timeouts. You have more time. Right. That's what, well, that's what last, we were The last touchdown drive of the game, you could have kicked there. I was very concerned about them covering the seven and a half, so I wanted them to – I was yelling at the TV for them to kick earlier than that. I'm glad, obviously, they got into the end zone. What's so weird about all of the – Everyone's focused on the two the two times that they didn't kick the field goal when they probably should have. But at the end of the first half, they were up, what, 24-7 or 21-7. 21-7. They get the ball down to the two-yard line with two seconds left. And he decided to kick the field goal to keep the momentum going, to go up 24-7 going into halftime. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, that was a really anti-Dan Campbell call right there. Because right there, you know, that's a perfect chance to really press the gas. And yeah, there's it. no downside. to. Go. I liked the call. I liked getting points there. So do I. Zero downside. Like, they're not going to go back and march down the field on you. It's going to be halftime. I, I suppose you could throw a pick six or something. But I, I agree with you. That, that was an interesting spot. Also, dude, I mean, we talked about the coordinators that the commanders are talking to. I mean, Aaron Glenn, the, the Niners in the second half of that game, scored on five straight possessions yeah that i mean that's so when i was asking you earlier that's kind of where i was pointing to because aaron glenn is a little bit of the the i would say the the dark horse of the group or probably the, the person the folks he and weaver are probably the two folks that, that that people know the least about um and and they get judged so much based on what happens you know, in the, in that game, like, you know, I, I liked Raheem as a, as a head coach candidate. And after that lions game, I was flooded with like, told you so's from people because the lions offense scored whatever, 24 points or 27 points, even though the, the Rams defense gave up almost nothing in the second half. Um, but yeah, they didn't get a whole lot of stops and, and I, I can't believe the, the Niners, Pulled that game out because both time both games in the playoffs this year, I don't know that they were the better team necessarily, but they were able to to figure out ways to scramble around and and get there. But Detroit kind of did the same thing. I mean, Detroit barely got past the Rams, yeah. and then you know they covered against the Bucks, but that was kind of if Baker doesn't throw a bad pick late in that game, I, um, Detroit against LA, I mean, they really struggled to score in second halves of game. So it's, I, it, dude, to me, through three weeks of playoff games, the Chiefs are far and away the best team. Yeah, I, the, they're the only team that, you, that I mean, and now it's just them and the Niners, but that you confidently rely on both sides of the football. But there's, there's not these huge peaks and valleys that we see from, that we've seen from these other teams. And when you watch Brock Purdy, I mean, he gets the job done, but if not for the, you know, the helmet catch that, that Ayuk made, you know, who knows what this thing looks like. But I, but Purdy, also not known for his legs, made a bunch of really big plays with his legs late in that game. You know, Aiden Hutchinson got eaten up by that uh, by that Niners O-line, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl. Well, dude, I mean – I don't feel like adding this up, but an enterprising listener, Ken, and then tweeted at me. We might be able to do it off the top of our head, but I don't, I don't want to ruin it for an enterprising listener. Like, if you just send me – think about the Chiefs. They beat Miami, who for a, a lot of the season was the two seed at home. Then they go to Buffalo and to Baltimore. Just the win totals of those three teams versus the Niners get the Packers and then the Lions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a very different road and, and the road doesn't matter when you get to the destination, everybody's going to Vegas. If you, if you took the, the short way or the long way, um, you took a lead on me, I believe commanding perhaps. 
Uh, it was. Uh, I was up. You were up ten to nine. We both had the, or I had the Chiefs, and you had the Ravens. Right. Uh, so I picked up uh, four points, so that gets me to thirteen to ten. And then uh, both we both had, the had both had the Lions, so 13, 17, 14 going into the Super Bowl. So either way, it comes down to the final game of the season, and I think they, they, I'm going to get to make my pick, and I assume you'll just probably take the other side because otherwise so – are, are you nine and three and I'm eight and four? Nine and three and eight and four, yeah. It's pretty good. You're making pretty money. Good, pretty good against the spread there, yeah. Um, I lost my big future on the Ravens, but I, I had a good weekend. I had the over and the under, um, which kind of, I mean, that under, it's funny. Those games were like kind of flipped. If you look at the totals where I, the under in Baltimore looked cooked early when they had yeah. 21 points in the first, like, you know what I mean? They had 21 points, maybe in the first quarter and you're like, holy moly. And then it's just like, like, <laughs> I had the Ravens. I had the Ravens um, first half under, and it was it was, it was twenty points. It was twenty two and a half, okay. and they had twenty one points after like seventeen minutes of play or something like that. And I was like, it got down to the end, and then obviously the Chiefs uh, kicked the field goal right before halftime, but almost got there with it. And then the flip side, the Lions game that Ooh. over looked great. From the jump, and then all of a sudden, it's like it's like kind of like nobody's scoring, nobody's scoring. Detroit's inept. Like San Fran might be able to just run this thing out. You know what I mean? Like when McCaffrey went down in bounds, all yeah. of a sudden, what exactly is the plan here? Like Kyle, you got to score again, dude. Um, but it worked out fine. But it was I don't know the thrill rides of gambling, man. Um, I could have used. I had a I had a large. Uh, I, I was pleased with the Lions covering. But it would have been a great day had the Lions won outright. Mm. Um, I think we're done football wise. I did want to discuss the GW Parkway. Have you driven on the GW Parkway recently? I was on the GW Parkway today. I was on it on Friday. It's somewhere between a death trap and like a a moving prison. Like it is. What are they doing? How long is it going to – I've heard it's going to be like that for like four years. Yeah, I think three more years from now it's going to – it's supposed to – they're widening. I think they're they're adding a lane or they're widening it, whatever they're doing. And it's an effing disaster. It's miserable on there. And the lanes are so narrow. I was behind uh, like a, a construction, like a work uh, van, you know, where they have like the ladders on the side of the, whatever. I, it was like millimeters away from – either the sidewall or those orange, you know, uh, whatever they have, like uh, stakes that are separating lanes. Like if though, if you're, say you're like side view mirror was to hit those things, I think you're cooked. Those aren't like soft. Yeah, no, they, they're bendable. Yeah, but if you're going 70, I, oh, I don't know. Or I maybe only know they're bendable 70, because, the, you're going because like 35. the way that they have the GW Parkway set up is, you know, one way, like one lane's going one way and one lane's going the yeah. other. And when you're going to Maryland or when you're coming from D.C. towards the Beltway, the right lane is for Maryland. The left lane is for Virginia. People go in the left lane, go all the way up to the end and then yeah. cut across. But now they have the orange orange things there that should stop people. But, oh, no, people slowly pull up to them and then we'll just slowly roll over them as they cut into the lane. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. But this was a fun podcast. Uh, we'll I had a question for you real quick. Yes. Have you ever... Slept? Do you ever have you ever slept sleepwalked? Slept sleptwalked? Sleepwalked? Um, like, like sober? Like I've done some like kind of passed out, funky yeah. stuff, like in college and stuff. You're saying like, no, no, sober? Yeah, like as an adult. Yeah, I don't think so. I I, I will talk in my sleep sometimes. Um. But I don't think I've gotten like like out of bed and like walked to another room. Yeah. So, I, did you? Yesterday, I watched some football and I had a couple beers, but I wasn't drunk or hammered or like really anything. And I woke up this morning to my alarm going off on my phone in the guest bathroom in my house, which is outside of my bed, like outside my bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it was just sitting in the like like on the sink or in the sink of the bathroom and that like i never go in that bathroom it's you know it's a guest bathroom like whatever i'd never use it and for the life of me i have no idea how it could have possibly gotten there but i fell asleep with it you know on my nightstand where you know where it normally stays plugged in no not plugged there's no plugs in there just sitting there with the alarm going off echoing in the bathroom no like i wonder especially if you're if your phone on your nightstand was plugged in, so then it like was unplugged before it got like you know, oh, I mean, that's certainly. Oh, it was certainly plugged in. Yeah, that's weird, bizarre. So you you woke up to that noise in your bed, or you yes. woke up came to in that room with your phone going off? No, 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 in my bed. But my the the head of my bed shares a wall with the with that bathroom, so you can. I could hear it like through, I guess, the wall or whatever. Yeah. But so I, I was. How did it get there? I, yeah. How did it get there? And like Carver was still in the bedroom. So like, I don't like I was whatever I did. I woke up and walked, had to open the door, walk out, open the bathroom door, put the phone down, close the bathroom door, close my door. All with it. It boggles my mind. And I'm still a little shook now. Uh, you know, whatever it is. 12 hours later from that. Are you are you ruling out paranormal activity? No. Everything's on the table. I've never been a believer in really? paranormal activity, your ghosts or whatever, but I, there's a chance. Have you checked all your crevices? Is everything, is, is crevice integrity, gap integrity is important? Is gap integrity protected? The, ga- the gaps are protected, but I'm concerned. Uh, my other concern was if I was able to maneuver to put the phone wherever it was put, what else did I move in my room to some other random place? Like, am I going to open my sock drawer and find a toothbrush? Or like, I, like I'm like i real, real thrown is, real thrown off by this. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, you live by your, like, if it was me, it could be like, oh, well, Lauren moved it or my kids came in. Right. Like, Carver didn't do it. No, he hasn't figured out how to open doors as much as i know that is odd bro um i would you know go to bed stone sober and see what happens next and, and certainly this is the most exciting development since pete's cat was barfing it's a little <laughs> scarier for you but um you know keep us updated i i, I legit have been debating like putting a can like setting up a camera in my room to like see what the hell? What the hell is going on? I don't know, bro. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I but... A paranormal specialist. I, I. That's what I think. Call one of those nine hundred numbers. Do they still have those? I'm sure there's websites. It's a website for everything. We'll get a Ouija board in here and figure some stuff out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we gotta go. If uh, if you made it this far, Mitch owes you a weird bedroom video of him sleepwalking.